Welcome to Coming Down the Pipe, ARS Global's monthly podcast on uh, pipeline assets, pipeline construction, and the market in general. I'm Josh Avert, president of ARS Global, and today uh, we have... Uh, I'm Mike Reed. I'm editor-in-chief of Pipeline and Gas Journal, and what I do at the publication is we, get inf we gather information on potential pipeline projects, things that might affect them, like new government regulations and... Uh, Anything involving pipeline infrastructure is basically what I do. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Uh, pipeline and Gas Journal has been a great publication. Uh, ARS and some of our other companies have uh, done quite a bit of advertising, and you guys definitely have a, a great reach of listeners and viewers, um, and a lot of knowledge and insight into the market and uh, where things are going. So uh, thanks for joining us. And speaking of where things are going, first question out of the gate, um, what are you guys seeing um, to be expected in 2024? It looks like uh, there's been about a 10% increase in uh in activity for pipeline construction about 9,000 miles under construction right now with another about 11,000 planned uh can you give us an insight into what you guys see coming into 2024 in the construction side well um a lot of that has to do with the uh post-covid build i suppose but um i think i don't want to sound like a broken record but the primary areas i believe will be Permian and Haynesville once again, um, gas pipelines in an effort to get gas to um, facilities so LNG can be shipped largely to Europe, but some other locations as well. Um, yeah, I think that would be it. I agree with that. Uh, we're seeing a lot of activity in the Permian and Haynesville as well. Um, up in the Northeast, it seems to be um, a lot of replacement activity. Are you guys seeing anything on the integrity side for uh, replacement and repairs of existing lines that were that were built quite a while ago? Um, well, yeah, that that's kind of everywhere, and I think there had been a, a more of a push to that when larger projects became more difficult. People were trying to keep what they have, basically. Um, so, sure, there's been something called a DIMP program, a federal program in place on the East Coast. I mean, well, nationally, but it, it requires companies to get um, cast iron and uncoated steel out of the ground. So um, those go on for 20 or 30 years at a time. But, yeah, we see a lot of just trying to maintain assets with um, inspection replacement sections things like that sure uh speaking of the replacement sections um are those mainly are those mainly kind of anomaly digs uh and integrity digs or are you guys seeing an uptick in replacement of you know 20 30 50 miles at a time no i think it's it's probably anomaly digs for the most part we're not really seeing a lot of um no, I haven't really seen a whole lot of just replacing 20, 30-mile sections. Okay. I know that there was a lot of news around uh, specifically the Line 3 replacement uh, oh, right. in the last couple of years and um, maybe some 
political opposition to uh, replacing replacing the long haul stuff. Um, but uh, let's switch back to the new construction side. When you guys are looking at the stuff coming out of the Permian in Haynesville, like you were talking about, um, is that more uh, new and expanded gathering systems, or uh, are you all still seeing a lot of long haul plays? It's a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a little bit of a throat thing. <clears throat> I think it's primarily um, gathering, but we are we are seeing some some pipes that are um, primarily for um, once again getting gas to the coast. Um, there's a Rio Bravo pipeline, ADCC pipeline, Corpus Christi Stage Three pipeline. Those are all about getting gas to the, uh, the facilities. Um, Gator Express. There's a few bigger ones that people have known about for a while. Um, Targa has one. So, yeah, they're prime. I think primarily the work to be had is more on gathering, though. Got it. Gathering, uh, and then of course, like you talked about, getting gas to those facilities. And when we're talking about facilities most of the time LNG facilities seem to be kind of the common denominator in getting all that um, gas to the Gulf Coast. Um, and with that, I guess we need to kind of bring up the recent uh, political actions that the, the current administration have taken with the pause on LNG exports. And uh, I was wondering if, if PGJ has, uh, has heard anything rumbling about maybe uh, project cancellations or what that what that pause in LNG activity may look like for our industry? Well, my take on that is that it's pretty much political. I think a lot of other people feel the same way. I would think that that would be back on once the election is over, regardless of who is elected. Like I said, very political. Um, I would think of the ones that might have a little bit of a threat because of it would be um, Venture Global's, um, I hate to just say something like that, Venture Global's CP2, because it's been really heavily targeted by um, opponents of just, you know, fossil fuels in general. So it's got the light kind of shined on it. Um, I don't think anything like that's going to cause any kind of shortages just because there are so many people already permitted to do it that and like I said I don't inside of a year would be my guess that that won't ha that won't be the issue anymore sure so in in the election year uh, it always seems that everybody kind of takes a step back and battens down the hatches just to see kind of what happens um, are y'all are y'all hearing of anybody kind of pulling back the reins just to see what happens in November and then what may, what might be the implications one way or the other uh, depending on the outcome of the election? Not particularly, I don't think. I think with um, there are some um, CO2 pipeline projects that are running into some political difficulties that may pass after the election, although I don't know about that, really. Um, part of the trouble there is that some of those projects got, um, you know, local support early on, and then when they started 
saying things like imminent domain ranchers and farmers just don't like that word sure and they um kind of turned it back on the local politicians that may have been supportive and the support's gone strangely enough so that's a, Fair enough. That's a yeah well you know that's it's interesting that you said that because um obviously the support was there it was in the news all the sure. time uh right out of the gate but uh now we're kind of looking at maybe a shift on some of the CCUS stuff in uh, service conversion from maybe nat gas to, to CO2. Uh, are there any projects out there that have kind of had a dynamic shift from, hey, we're going to go out and get new right of way to, hey, let's take a look at our existing infrastructure and maybe try to do uh, a conversion? Well, the, the tall grass project has been successful in, in becoming a conversion. Um, I think that when I first started hearing about uh, CO2 pipe and CCUS, my impression was that these were generally going to be shorter distances to shorter storage. And the two biggest ones at the moment, the one that was canceled and the one that's having some difficulty, those cross into five states. And I just don't know about getting permitting for stuff like that in the best of times right now. So... Yep. And even if you do get permits, um, you guys seem to be pretty tuned into all the stages of, of construction in general. Do you see any sort of supply chain issues still coming out of COVID with maybe some technical specifications that are required on pipe or valves or um, any sort of equipment that might need to be used to build these pipelines? Has supply chain pretty much caught up or... Uh, do you see even even more challenges down the road, even if they were to obtain the permits that they need? Um, that's a tough one. I would say they are not completely caught up. And it's just what some well, people in the industry understand it. It's really hard to get equipment headed in that large of equipment headed to the right part of the country, the right part of the state, whatever. And then when there's a lot of cancellations and, you know, you're in the middle of moving something and all at once it's off for three months because of this, you know, it, it's always been tough. So I wouldn't say it's caught up exactly, but it's considerably better than it was a year ago. Great. Well, uh, you know, hopefully if some of the, the projects do get a across the finish line, uh, they won't run into supply chain hiccups like we had a couple of years ago because that seemed to be a, kind of a seesaw deal. It's like the project's not going to go uh, because of commercial terms. Okay, we finally get the project approved. Now how do we get pipe? And now how do we get this? And uh, with the fluctuation and volatility of just raw materials too, uh, those project economics, uh, when the project does get approved, have swung 180 degrees based on construction costs. So right. hopefully we can see, uh, you know, some sort of balance there. Um, and, you know, after CCUS, uh, the other buzzword, uh, big buzzword right now is hydrogen. <laughs> and it uh, seems that some of the new construction in Europe and some of the, the hydrogen project planning here in the U.S., seems to be picking up, uh, especially with the, the approval of the hubs, I want to say a few months ago. Correct. Um, what kind of outlook do you guys see on new hydrogen projects? 
Well, um, as you said, I think more so in Germany, but I think to some extent it may be starting to gain favor in North America. Um, Germany recently um, decided that they wanted an effective effective infrastructure in place by I think it was 2032 and they have come out with a basically a national referendum and it calls for 6,000 miles of pipe over 6,000 and I think surprisingly to me they were looking at 60% of that being new build which is considerably more than when Europe started talking about hydrogen pipelines. It seemed to me like they were talking a lot more about conversion. And I personally wasn't sure how well that would work because their infrastructure is sold. I didn't know about the, the chemical aspect of it. Sure. But uh, Europe, yeah, but... I think, primarily. Okay, uh, great. And do you think that uh, all of the geopolitical things going on over there will impact that or is uh is germany kind of a standalone uh beast in that world or how how do all those puzzles or pieces of the puzzle fit together uh i think eu as a whole uh, as a whole dangerous thing that is pretty much behind it and the thing about when someone like germany decides they're going to do something there's basically a national mandate to it before they start announcing they're doing things it's not a lot of individual companies and states saying they're doing this and somebody else saying no you're not so i think germany might get a lot of that done got it well that's uh that's good news we'll see uh we'll see if they're successful in in that endeavor and then we'll see if that kind of overflows in the United States and uh, we'll see how see how all of that works out and I guess moving backwards from all of the uh, you know the greener initiatives you can say uh, I guess let's go back to crude are you guys seeing anything in the crude world as far as um, any new project development for long-haul stuff or even shorter uh, gathering and trunk lines Oh boy! Um, not it seems to be in the crosshairs so these much. days. So. Um, Trans Mountain may eventually. <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the current status on Trans Mountain? I seem to read different oh, headlines every day. I'm sure it'll change as I say this. Um, a few days ago. They wanted to, I think the situation was they wanted to use a two or three mile area with a smaller diameter pipe to avoid some sort of um, geo, geo type hazard. And it was rejected and they said, well, this might make us two years later than we said. So it's been approved again. So this year is kind of the timeline which was kind of what it was previous to this um yeah I, i'm not seeing much in the way of uh crude sorry okay <laughs> oh no it's it's no problem we we have to talk about the good and the bad so, yeah i know uh you know it just is what it is in in this climate here but um anyways mike if uh we, we really appreciate you joining us today 
Uh, is there anything else that, that you may have for our listeners that uh, might be a little bit of knowledge? You guys see, seem to see everything before it's all released. So uh, if, if you got a couple seconds to, to throw something out there that maybe our listeners would enjoy, would love to hear it. Well, um, actually, I think this kind of thing is easier read and with maps and things. So if you can get a hold of our January issue and look at the construction report, we do two of those a year, fairly big ones. Um, it's, it's easier for you to visualize in that manner. As far as some new, no, I guess I don't have anything at the moment. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get our listeners to check out the January issue and try to, uh, look into that construction report. I know that, um, you know, we have a, we have a really good mix of listeners from owner operators to construction contractors, uh, to material providers and suppliers. So, uh, that seems to be beneficial for everyone. I know we use it here at our office. Um, well, we're going to wrap it up today and Mike, okay. thank you. Uh, Thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to join us and really appreciate all of the uh, all of the news headlines and letters that we get in our email with insight into what's uh, happening in our industry because uh, we can't really keep a pulse on uh, on everything. And it's really nice to to have uh, information sources like PGJ. And uh, like I said, thank you for joining us and uh, to our listeners, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on any uh, major platform that you listen to podcasts on. Uh, rate us uh, so we can know how we're doing and make improvements as needed. And uh, we'll see you next month on Coming Down the Pipe, ARS Global's monthly podcast.